You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Welcome to Soft Idolatry, Season 7, Episode 1, our season on Epiphany, or Season of Epiphany. Carissa, how's it going? Uh, It's going pretty well. It's a little bit rainy here, but it's been fairly warm, um, so it's good good weather for running and, and walking in. We've got the new dog to walk and a marathon to train for. So I'm, I'm grateful for the warmth. How about you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, kind of gray and ugly today. Not quite as gray and ugly as Christmas day, which was rainy and yucky. And um, yeah, it, <laughs> you know, I've, I can think of Christmases in, all sorts of weather and uh, even the other Christmases with bad weather seemed to uh, offer good things. Mm. <laughs> you know, like if it snows, great. It's Christmas. It's a white Christmas. Th- right. there's, there's something romantic about that. It's the uh, one acceptable day of the year for snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, if it's, if it's really unseasonably warm, that's, great and enjoyable to get outside. Um, but it was neither cold nor warm. It was, uh, I mean, it wasn't pouring rain, but yeah, it was just like weird. But then this has been an exceedingly weird year. It really has. Yeah. And even, you know, these holidays felt a little more normal than than before. You know, we got together with some family. We've got friends who are in town visiting family every year that come to have a game night with us over Christmas break. And that happened again this year. But there was all there's also fewer parties and like everybody is COVID testing before getting together with others. And there's still like this weird looming presence over the holiday season. Um, that's kind of like the icing on the crap cake that was 2021, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it's for for those of you who do not have kids, uh, well, well, for those of you who do have kids, from the rest of us who do not, uh, when you don't have younger people in your life to anchor you to the present. Uh, nostalgia just can become deadly this time of year mm-hmm. because you remember the Christmases when people were together. And uh, I, I would imagine that a lot of people just felt extra disconnected this year, even though we could be back sharing one another's company to a certain extent. Um, it it's just a reminder was for me a reminder of how far that time is in the rearview mirror. And, uh, so a, a, a dreary day, Christmas day for me was about the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. Um, even, even with young people (laughs) in life, in life, it was pretty crappy. So I can, I can only imagine. And my, yeah, my heart goes out to all of those who, who felt even more alone than normal. The holidays can be a lonely season to begin with, let alone when it's rainy and gray and gross and COVID. 
Yeah. So what uh, what light is dawning on us now? Yeah, there's, I mean, you can go so many different directions with that. I feel like we've beaten the pandemic to death in this podcast, but, you know, we're, even with new variants and things, we're slowly but surely seeing new ways of, of going about life. So I think that that's, that's a light. Um, and in the midst of it, God is still moving and speaking to us, right? I know I've heard God speak a lot over this past year whether I liked it or not. And mostly I did not. (laughs) Sometimes I did, but generally it wasn't pleasant. Um, And I I think for me, one of the the things that was revealed to me that I, I saw a new light on was just the variety of ways that God speaks to us. I would like for a large blinking billboard. And what I got was more of um, some sort of crazy like word search puzzle that got set on fire halfway through or something <laughs> like you know um, yeah epiphanies aren't always like these big bright beautiful aha moments with a star in the sky <laughs> sometimes they are you know a year or two of getting dragged through the mud mm-hmm or, or sometimes they're a year or two of uh, slow, steady growth. Yeah. You know, I, um, a, a colleague of mine said uh, of, of her congregation, what they need is a therapist more than a pastor. And yeah, you know, I, I can, I can relate and I hear the same thing from lots of colleagues that, um, what, what they expected ministry to be and what it actually is are so widely different sometimes. And, you know, in this conversation, I started to turn back to some of my own epiphanies, you know, when I had, uh, I had been unchurched for a long time and I drifted back and it was good. And then, I found a great church in Pittsburgh uh, through through the recommendation of a former pastor. I did not just randomly find this place. Uh, and as I got more and more involved, it began to make more and more sense intellectually, but also just the way it felt, uh, the way it felt being in a sanctuary where all of a sudden I felt I got what the pastor was saying, and it felt like the people around me were getting it too. And it was a really powerful experience, and it was formational. It was part of what led me to seminary, and it was part of how I discerned my call to ministry. And it was, you know, a process of a couple of years to to get those epiphanies. And uh it was great. And I thought that I would be able to help translate those experiences for other people and be there when people wanted to engage. And I find so few people want to engage. Yeah, that is sad, but true. Um, And I think part of it is just, you know, folks are so busy and stretched so thin that they only have so much 
to offer and so much energy with which to engage. And so folks have to be really selective about what they engage in. And an old dying institution that quite frankly has been pretty mean throughout the years is not where a lot of people want to throw their, their time and energy. Right. And uh, to, to beat one of the drums that we typically beat, so many of the people in our pews have been used to pastors doing most of the heavy lifting. Yeah. And they are not used to calls for change from the pulpit. And uh, I think that's why my friend said <laughs> they need a therapist because uh, nobody wants to change. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants everyone else to change around them, but nobody wants to take the step of doing that change work. And, and that's a broad generalization. And there are people who understand the need to change, but it feels from my end, like instead of, instead of, going into the pulpit and teaching and exhorting people to action, like they only have the bandwidth for me coming up there and saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Jesus loves you. Right. And yeah. uh, yes, that sermon needs to be preached. And so do all the other sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, love your neighbor. <laughs> your neighbor is everyone. Love your neighbor. That's a that's a shout out to the Gospel of Luke. Um, also Leviticus. <laughs> mm hmm. Um, and pretty much the rest of the Bible. Pretty much, but but the everyone is your neighbor. Is oh yes, particularly everyone. Luke. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's you know, change is hard. Right. It's really easy to say we need change. We need to be willing to change. But it is a really hard process. Um, it's hard to love everyone. <laughs> Some people really suck. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's hard to love them. And um, we're called to love them anyway, even when they're not great um, or they're scary or we don't know them very well or or we don't agree with them or whatever it is. But, you know, epiphany is not necessarily... Um, not only is it not just necessarily one quick aha moment where suddenly you realize something, but it's not always easy. It can take a long time. And there, I think it can be kind of staged and seasoned, right, too? So there's um, little epiphanies which within greater epiphanies. Um, I was just preparing. My, I'm preaching on Sunday uh, pulpit supply actually at your home church, Alan, I'm going to be filling your in kid. Oh, there. You're six. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was reading through the sermon I want to preach and it talks a lot about some of the places around the world that I have seen Jesus and others, because that's what epiphany is, right? It's seeing Jesus in unexpected places. Mm. Um, you know, it's it, the wise men bringing gifts from the East are very unexpected people to be coming into a Jewish place to come see Jesus. Although they, they were probably in Egypt by then, but that's a history lesson for another day mm. um, that you were about to, I saw the look on your face and um, uh yeah, and you know, I've I've seen Jesus in a lot of different places, but have I ever told you the the story about the first time I ever preached? 
I don't recall. <laughs> um, and it was kind of like one of those little epiphanies that set off was this a longer pre-se- season. Was pre-seminary or? It was pre-seminary. Yeah, okay. it was actually pre-Gloria. Um, oh my. Okay, This then, then maybe you've never told me this. The, the first time I ever left the country, it was for a short-term medical mission to Guatemala in 2005 um, in the fall. And if you know anything about the fall of 2005 in Guatemala, there were huge mudslides that um, fell not long after Hurricane Katrina hit the United States. Um, storms and mudslides hit Guatemala. And that hit about uh, 24 hours before we left, um, for that trip. And the trip, it changed dramatically the nature of what we were doing there. Um, but one of the, the places we were at, um, I have no medical background whatsoever. And I was put in charge of a pack of children And anyone who knows me well is probably giggling right now because I do not love large groups of small children. Um, I will take your teenagers and your college students, but please keep your toddlers to yourselves. Um, And I was like, I don't want to do that. And the person in charge of the trip said, no, no, this is for you today. You're going to preach to these children. (laughs) He said, I don't speak any Spanish and they don't speak any English. She said, it's okay. You speak the Lord's word. I'll translate. <laughs> so um, the first time I ever preached, I was plopped down in front of dozens, possibly, you know, scores of uh, small Mayan children who spoke no English and I spoke no Spanish and preached extemporaneously with no preparation whatsoever, um, no warning whatsoever. And the whole time I was thinking, this is the most ludicrous thing I've ever done in my life. But at the end, um, our translator said, thank you so much. You really do have God's gift for this. So thank you. Um, And that was like a an epiphany that set off epiphanies, right? It wasn't in that moment. I knew I was going to be a preacher and a pastor, but it set off, it sparked something new. Like I saw the star in that moment. Wow. And then I went to seminary like 10 years later or something like that. (laughs) It took Uh, a while. Six, I think. (laughs) Yeah. It took a while. Yeah. That's uh, I've, I don't have a, a great story like that about uh, the first time that I preached, but it was definitely as part of seminary. I guess maybe I talked in church at, at a point, um, you know, maybe on a youth Sunday, but somehow that doesn't entirely count because uh, everyone was talking and yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, that's a, uh, that's one of those wonderful validations of the gift of the talent. And uh, it seems like it's easier to find those things before you get ordained and find yourself <laughs> a wash and perish life than, uh, than after the fact. So <laughs> when you're still in that wide eyed dreamer stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, and I think it's a, um, I share that one too as an example of sometimes it can be hard to ascertain whether this is really God speaking or not in a moment. And the voice of the community is so important. Like who has corroborated this for you? Because if you're just pulling it out of your own hat, 
mm, be careful. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's one of the great things about the Reformed tradition is, at least in theory, there are so many checks and balances out there that uh, we we have enough enough other voices saying, yes, I hear that in you too, rather than, are you sure? Yeah. Well, I mean, they could say that too, but- uh, we, we, rather than it just being ego driven, you know, um, Hey, I'm having this really great experience in church and I can, I can lead other people to God in the very same way. That's an ego driven response to what might be a very positive set of church relationships. But, uh, just cause I felt that didn't mean it was a call to ministry and, you know, I had to validate that with a bunch of other people, including a pastor who said, you need to do some more discernment work before you decide to apply to seminary. And uh, so, you know, I, I I did that work for a couple of years before I truly uh, discerned the call. And it was a long process with multiple epiphanies along the way, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just occurred to me, maybe that's why one of the reasons why it was wise men traveling and not just one wise guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how very reformed of them. Yeah. They traveled in committee. <laughs> they, the wise <laughs> men, <laughs> the Magi were clearly <laughs> Presbyterian because they traveled in committee. They were yes, they were on the committee of gifts. <laughs> they, were, they were the commission that came from afar. <laughs> Commissioners from Presbytery afar. All the Presbyterians in the crowd are laughing their butts off right now, and the Methodists are like, "You guys are so weird." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and so we we really enjoyed and I, I think some of our listeners really enjoyed the format that we had last season to the the podcast which was inviting other clergy other um pastors and ministers into the conversation we were having with us so instead of trying to come up with a brand new topic every single week we had a brand new guest to talk about the same topic every week and i felt like that was a really rich and helpful exploration at least for me as we were wrestling through some of that and some good conversations so we're going to do that again this season Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to having back some of our excellent guests from before and just having new conversation partners. Um, this is always great to have this conversation with me and you, and we would have this conversation if we weren't on a podcast, Right. but we also know some pretty cool people, and it's fun to hear what they have to say and bounce ideas off of them. Yeah. So you'll hear hear some familiar voices that you heard in season six. Um, Next week, we have a voice you haven't heard in a little while on soft idolatry, but has joined us before Reverend Rebecca DePoe. And so she'll be here um, next week to, to join us. And I think that this will be really cool too, in our exploration of epiphanies and growth and learning and, 
listening to God because everyone does hear God differently. God speaks to different people depending on their personalities and passions and place in life. And so talking to different people about what that means to them, I think will be a really interesting conversation as well over the next, uh, the next few months. Yeah. And, you know, we can, we can be pretty much assured that there will still be plenty of turmoil and strife and tumult in our lives. Anyhow, uh, with the pandemic that Mm -hmm. continues and, a society that will not uniformly embrace a sensible response to said pandemic. And, uh, you know, no, no shortage of political issues to, to talk about, but, um, and to look at how our call to follow God is affected by all of those winds around us. Yes. Yeah, it is. I found for me over the past two years, so I'm looking at 2020 and 2021. Um, and 2020 came in hot for me even before the pandemic, because I had that, that trip to Central America that just made I came back angry from that trip. Um, reverse culture shock is a real thing, like reentry shock when you get home from somewhere. And that was like mean, angry reentry shock after I saw what was going on down there. Um, but just reflecting on those two years, I think it was the nature of what was going on in the world, um, both before and during the pandemic that really put me through those fires of epiphany. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting too, as the pandemic develops and does whatever it's going to do. I don't even pretend to predict these things anymore. It'll be interesting to see. Um, what the church learns as a whole, what we as as pastors learn, what our society learns or doesn't. <laughs> yes, interesting is one word for it. Um. <laughs> Terrifying is another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I am struggling to I'm struggling to keep it on just an intellectual level where interesting works. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We, oh man, it's, I think our, all of our emotions are so raw and, and that does put us in a position where I I feel like the spirit can really work through us when we're in a emotionally vulnerable place Uh, that can bring us into deeper intimacy with God. But it does make it really hard to have composure sometimes. Well, yeah, because you can very easily tri- transmit your own anxiety to yes. those you are called to serve. And that's particularly a challenge for me because uh, because the anxiety is real and because the anger is real. Yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of anxiety and, and anger. And I think when we... Uh, when we talk with with Rebecca next week, we're going to be touching on some of that and some of the epiphanies that have come through some of that a little bit more as well. But yeah, be prepared for a wild ride. And like we reminded you in our little segue between season six and season seven, if you have a story of epiphany or something that you have learned over the past year or even the past two years, right? We'll count this whole 2020 and 2021. We're kind of a weird 
slow blur. I don't even know how to explain how time both stood still and rocketed through all at the same time um, and blurred together. But if you have some of those stories, uh, feel free to send us an email or um, even like a voice memo that we can toss into the podcast. Our email's info at softidolatry.com. And uh, if it's something really interesting, you might get a call from us to pop in and, and join us as a guest on the show. But we would really love to hear from you what some of your, uh, your experiences with epiphanies and learning are over the past year. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that will be a wonderful, rich season in the life of our podcast. Anyhow, here's hoping. Anyway, that's the Here, plan. Here's hoping. <laughs> so, uh, Carissa, would you like to pray us out today? Sounds great. Friends, let's pray. God of all, we thank you that you are constantly teaching us and speaking to us and guiding us by your spirit. Reveal to us your presence over these coming weeks as we reflect on times that we have known deeply of your presence. And uh, just help prepare us for whatever the next season of epiphanies and learning happen to be. Guide us and uh, continue to form and mold us. We pray these things humbly in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. <laughs>